الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبحان الذي اسرى بعبده ليلا من المسجد الحرام الى المسجد الاقصى الذي باركنا حوله لنريه من اياتنا انه هو السميع البصير وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الصلاه عماد الدين من اقامها فقد اقام الدين ومن هدمها فقد هدم الدين او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected ulama ikram brothers and elders Allah Ta'ala has given us this very very short life in dunya and this is this very short life in which we have to make our eternal life of the hereafter this is a life which will either take a person finally to the abode of Jannah or it's a life that can make him fall into the pit of jahannam allah taala protect us and save us ah so umar bin abdul aziz rahmatullah alay once one person came in his company so he is a king of the time is a khalifa and yazid raqashi rahimahullah so he said to him that look You are not the first khalifa that is going to die. Many have died before you. In other words, don't think you will live forever. Like all the others have gone before you, you will also go one day. So this really moved him to tears. Then he said, "Give me more advice." So when he asked for more advice, the person Yazid al-Qashi rahmatullah alayhi said to him that remember that there is no third place. There is only two abodes. It's either Jannat Oh, it's Jahannam. There isn't any middle path. When he heard this, he fell unconscious. Not that he wasn't aware of it, but this reality, with the advice that was given now, that look, I got to make it. It's one of the two. It's either Jannat, Allah forbid. Then there's no other middle path. It's not like a person. There's somebody who is a high class person, and somebody a middle class, and then there's somebody a lower class, and somebody is. poverty stricken no this is one one of the two situations either jannat or then is jahannam so allah tbaraka wa taala has given us this short life in dunya very short and for this little time that we are here this is the working time for the time to then take it easy person goes sometimes many people leave their home countries to go far off places and a person day and night is slogging day and night is working hard his family is far away he doesn't have the ability to go and visit his family sometimes for years and the climatic conditions are very difficult compared to what he is enjoying probably at home and everything is negative for him but despite all the difficulties all the hardships all the negativity whatever else but he is ready to undertake it all because after some time 5 years 10 years he would have saved enough to go home and relax 
to go home and be living a comfortable life. So every person who has this vision that one day when I will go home, I will have it easy and nice. Doesn't matter, a little bit of difficulty now, it's fine. A little bit of difficulty and hardship now for the long term comfort, then this is something tolerable. This is something that can be taken in one stride. It's not something to be to make too much of an issue about. So all the time in dunya, this is how we think. And this is how we take things in our stride in terms of some hardship, some difficulty. Why? Because we want to have that easy life later. But many a times a person has spent that five years, ten years earning for that comfortable life later. But before the time comes to start enjoying that comfort, he's gone from dunya. Before the time comes for him to go and relax, he's already left dunya, he's gone. But there's an abode which is everlasting. Dunya is very temporary. Dunya, a person is here now and is gone now. But there's an everlasting abode which is the abode of Jannat, which Allah Ta'ala has created for us. And that is the direction that we have to head for. That is what we have to work for. The bounties of Jannat Allah Ta'ala says, this is what is something to compete for. That in dunya, many a times people start competing for all kinds of things. Let alone trying to compete with one another in amassing the things of dunya. People compete with one another in just trying to make a show of dunya. Just in order to make an impression, nothing else. Just to make an impression, but for that impression, sometimes a person puts himself deep into debt. Just to make some kind of impression. Now this is a height of foolishness. But when dunya overcomes a person's heart and mind, then he does anything just to make that impression, to just try and create some kind of fantasy world for himself. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, this is not worth competing for. This dunya is very, very trivial, very temporary, not worth competing for. <laughs> the thing to compete for is the akhirat. The bounties of Jannat. This is what to be com- com- one compete, uh, should compete for. How to reach the Akhirat and get the higher stages of Akhirat. So to compete for that, somebody would be performing his five daily Salah, somebody else will be competing with him, he'll be performing even Nafil Salah. Somebody will be making his Awabin, so another person will say, I will need to do even more, I'll make Tahajjud also. Somebody is reading half para of the Qur'an Sharif daily, another person is competing, is making one para. Not for the sake of showing anybody, but to compete for akhirat. To compete to please Allah Ta'ala more. So Nabi Islam also, Allah Ta'ala gave him various miracles, gave him various aspects in his Mubarak life, which Nabi Islam passed on to the Ummah, so that the Ummah would get the correct direction. Where are they heading to? What should they be they striving for? What should they be aspiring for? And among these very great miracles that Allah Ta'ala blessed Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi with was the miracle of Mi'raj. This was something which was the greatest of all miracles that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was blessed with after the quran Kareem, which will be till Qiyamah, which is a living miracle today and tomorrow until Qiyamah. 
But this is something which no Nabi was granted. Allah Ta'ala brought Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to the seven heavens and beyond. And in this journey of Mi'raj, Allah Ta'ala showed Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the realities of Jannah, of Jahannam, of the things of Akhirat, what will happen on the day of Qiyamah. All these things were shown to him, these realities were shown to him. And he came back, he came back with a great gift for the Ummad. So this is not something to be discussed once in a year and done with. This is something and the entire life of Rasulullah is meant to be discussed repeatedly. The occasion of Mi'raj or the event of Mi'raj, that particular night on which Allah Ta'ala took Nabi Wasallam from Makkatul Mukarramah, from the Masjidul Haram to Masjidul Aqsa and then from there to the seven heavens and beyond, that night that particular night when this great event took place, when this miracle of all miracles occurred, there is no night till Qiyamah that will be able to compare with the greatness of this night. That night is beyond comparison. But that night occurred once in the life of Nabi and did not recur. That night did not recur, there isn't a recurring virtue. So in any case, this is something the Muhaddisin and the historians also are in. There's a difference of opinion exactly which night this happened. Because this wasn't something that was commemorated every year. It wasn't something that was observed in the time of the Sahaba as such. So as a result, it became a point of difference of opinion which date it actually happened on. But just for the ibrad, for the lesson, some of the things that took place on this occasion is what we will discuss so that we take these lessons and we move and compete for that akhirat which we are supposed to strive for. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions the incident of Isra. Isra is the journey from Makkah Mukarramah, from Baytullah to Masjid Al-Aqsa. Allah Ta'ala says, Subhanalladhi asra bi'abdihi. That glory be to Allah Ta'ala who took his abd, his slave, Laylan by night. Now Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam possessed every title that we can think of. After the divinity of Allah Ta'ala, that is something exclusive to Allah Ta'ala. And the attributes and sifat of Allah Ta'ala that are exclusive to Him, that are exclusive to Allah Ta'ala alone. But after Allah Ta'ala, Ba'adas Khuda Buzruk Tu'i Qissa Mukhtasar. After Allah Ta'ala is the rank of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, all the things of Kamal and perfection, Allah Ta'ala had blessed Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with. He was the Rasul of Allah Ta'ala. He was the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. He was Habibullah. And he was everything that, every quality of perfection that any human being could ever possess. Allah Ta'ala blessed him with everything. But on this great occasion, when this greatest of all miracles took place, Allah Ta'ala is mentioning this in the Quran Sharif. The distinguishing aspect of Nabi Sallallahu that is being mentioned is Subhan Alladhi Asra Bi Abdi. The glory be to Allah Ta'ala who took his Abd. This is that journey where Nabi Sallallahu went to the highest point. Even where after a certain point in time, Jibreel Sallallahu said, now I can't go further also. Now you will go alone. 
If I dare cross this line, I will burn to ashes. Even I can't go beyond. Now, this is only your maqam, this is only your capacity and your level. You'll go beyond. That occasion when he went to the highest point, Allah Ta'ala speaks about this with the word Abd. Abd literally means slave. Servant, slave. Servant is a very mild word. Complete slave. So what we learn from this is, because Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was the greatest Abd, there was nobody that could come close to him in Abdiyat, in servitude. As a result, he went to the highest point. So the manner of progressing is to humble oneself, to lower oneself, and to annihilate oneself for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And to the extent that a person annihilates himself for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, to that extent he is elevated in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. مَنْ تَوَادَعَ لِلَّهِ رَفَعَهُ اللَّهِ The one who will truly sincerely humble himself for Allah Ta'ala. Not for any other purpose. Not for the sake of being regarded as humble. That itself is takabur. That itself is pride. But sincerely for Allah Ta'ala that I am nobody in reality. Then he is elevated by Allah Ta'ala. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, nobody could compare with him in Abdiyat. As a result, Allah Ta'ala took him to the highest point. Then the other aspect is, that by the time the Mi'raj had occurred, at that point in time, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had undergone untold hardship and difficulty at the hands of the Quraysh. Every kind of persecution, every kind of difficulty and hardship was placed upon him. And he bore all this with complete patience. The mujahada that he made in the light of all this. When this mujahada reached his peak, then came this mushahada. When this mujahada and this struggle, this undertaking of the difficulty for Allah Ta'ala's sake. When this came to a height, then came mushahada. Mushahada means witnessing something with your own eyes. So then he was taken to see the reality. And this is the statement of the Sufiya Ikram, Al-Mujahada, Al-Mushahada Biqadril Mujahada. That Mushahada, a person starts, that things start manifesting itself for him. The hidden secrets from the side of Allah Ta'ala. And the reality of things. And the bounties of Allah Ta'ala, the bounties in terms of the internal bounties, the bounties that are showered on the heart of a mu'min, that mushahada way, like Hazrat Haritha radiallahu ta'ala an, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa one day out of the blue just passed by and he just shook him from his sleep. And he asked him, Kaifa asbahta ya Haritha? How did you wake up? How do you start your morning now? He's just waking up from his sleep. When a person wakes up from his sleep, his mind is still not in his control yet. He's still not even sure where he is, what he's doing. So sometimes in that condition, a person is asked something, he gives one totally different answer. Because he's not even sure where he is, what he's doing, he's still trying to come to terms with what happened, where is he? If somebody woke him up out of just a deep slumber and sleep, and Harisa Nabi Salaam wakes him up, and he asks him, 
How do you start your morning now? Says, Asbahtu mu'minan haqqa. Alhamdulillah, I have the reality of Iman. This is his spontaneous response. So he didn't have the time to think about something, to make up some answer. It was instant, it was spontaneous, it was, he was speaking his heart. Nabi Islam didn't leave it at that. He said to him that every statement has to be substantiated. Every statement must have something to back it. You are making a claim. What is the proof of your claim? So he then responded and said, that, Alhamdulillah, when I make start of my day, then it is in such a way that I can perceive Jannat on my right. And I can perceive Jahannam on my left. And this reality is as open as daylight in front of me. It is as if I'm seeing the people of Jannat enjoying the bounties of Jannat. And the people of Jahannam being punished in Jahannam, it's in front of my eyes. Now, this is at Mushahada. That Mujahada brought this Mushahada. It is this, as if the reality has already opened in front of him. So to the extent that a person undertakes the Mujahada for Allah Ta'ala, accordingly Allah Ta'ala opens the Mushahada for him. But that Mujahada must be sincerely for Allah Ta'ala alone. And in the manner that Nabi Islam has taught, within the limits of Shariat and Deen. So, everything that becomes a barrier in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, then undertaking the pressure on the heart, suppressing that nafs, and doing what Allah Ta'ala wants us to do, that is part of Mujahada. That's a very great part of that Mujahada person is tempted to look in the wrong direction, to look at haram, to speak some evil, to listen to some haram, to go to some haram place, whatever it might be. And at that time he suppresses that desire. He breaks his heart but doesn't do the wrong. This is a very great mujahada. And when he continues with this mujahada over time, this will bring mushahada. He is feeling lazy to wake up for his salah. But he suppresses that laziness and he ensures that he wakes up and he goes to the masjid and he performs his salah. He leaves his occupation, his work, whatever, at the time of Zohar Asar and he performs his salah. Whatever the barriers are, he undertakes that with patience. That is a mujahada. And when he continues with this mujahada, in time it will bring mushahada. So in any case, Nabi Sallallahu Allah Ta'ala speaks about this miraculous journey with this statement that Subhanalladhi asra bi abdi Nabi Islam was the one who had humbled himself totally can we imagine the greatest of all the creation of Allah Ta'ala and he's in the midst of his companions and somebody comes a Bedouin person from the far off villages didn't have any opportunity to learn etiquette learn how to conduct himself so he just comes and he grabs hold of the shawl of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It had a coarse edge and he jerks it hard. He says, give me something. Give me from the wealth of Allah Ta'ala. It's not your wealth, not your father's wealth. How would we respond? That person went home safely, that would have been a very big thing. <coughs> And might take credit for giving him shahadat maybe. 
Nabi Sallallahu not just gives him something to chase him away first he smiles at him he first smiles at him and then he says give him something says to sahaba give him something and sends him off nicely and he had been that shawl was jerked with such force the sahabi says it left a mark on the shoulder of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and despite that he responds in this way now this is one of numerous incidents in the life of Nabi Sallallahu where there was complete humility complete humility he undertook anything that came in his way without any kind of revenge any kind of reaction and this was his life so this humility this is an abdiyat and to the extent that a person has developed this abdiyat he has become the true humble slave of Allah Ta'ala to that extent he'll progress and the biggest barrier is this lack of abdiyat to the extent this abdiyat is missing the progress is hampered so Nabi Wasallam went in this miraculous manner the details we have heard on many occasions the buraq was brought for him and then Jibreelah took him along and they went all the way to Masjid Al-Aqsa in a moment of time and in Masjid Al-Aqsa all the Anbiya Wasallam were gathered and Nabi Wasallam performed the salah to demonstrate that he has been given this highest rank among all the Anbiya and thereafter this journey commenced towards the heavens and beyond now in the reports and the narrations that ter- relate to the mi'raj that was undertaken physically this physical mi'raj occurred once in the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam there are various incidents that are mentioned and then there are some incidents that have been related in the mi'raj that occurred in a dream that too is wahi that too is revelation so all this is mi'raj but the physical mi'raj happened once in the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where body and soul he went to the seven heavens and beyond so in any case all these mi'raj the different occasions there were various aspects of the akhirat that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was shown and he came back and he informed the ummah that this is the reality of akhirat and this is what we need to take note of now just to take a few incidents, few of the aspects to discuss what Nabi Wasallam came back with while he was on this journey before reaching Masjid Al-Aqsa in one narration it is mentioned that there was an old woman very old, frail woman and she called out to him Wasallam said don't pay attention, carry on as he went a little ahead there was one old man he also called out, tried to attack his attention Jibreel Salatu Wasallam said, don't pay attention to him, carry on. Later on, Jibreel Salatu Wasallam explained that that old woman, this was the dunya. The dunya tried to attract you to it. But this is the reality of dunya. It's an old, frail woman that's got nothing to offer. But the deception it puts in the hearts and minds makes it look very attractive. And this is the time span left of dunya like that old woman now is just waiting for death and that man who tried to distract you was shaitan so in any case this was the first or among the first things that was witnessed then when Nabi Salaam went to the seven heavens and beyond 
he met the various malaika, uh, Anbiya Ali Musalat Wasalam on the different heavens. Met Hazrat Musa Ali Salat Wasalam, Hazrat Ibrahim Ali Salat Wasalam, various Anbiya. And then he was taken and shown various aspects of Akhirat. Among the things that Nabi Salaam was shown, at one place he came and he sees there's a person who is sitting and somebody else is standing by his side with a sharp object and he's tearing his cheek all the way to his ear, completely tearing it, ripping it. And when this, obviously what excruciating pain that would be, and when this one side has been torn, then he comes to the other side. And he starts tearing the other cheek completely. By the time he has torn the second cheek, the first cheek has regained its normal situation. Come right. So he comes back to the first side and he tears that first cheek again. And the second one now has repaired itself. And this is continuing. So as various things were shown, in the end Nabi Salaam was given the explanation of these things. So this particular aspect that he was shown, it was explained to him afterwards that this is the person who was habitual of speaking lies in the world. He would keep lying and those lies would go far and wide. These lies are indeed something that in the Hadith Sharif, it comes that a mu'min can be many things, but he can't be a liar. He has weaknesses, other weaknesses, a mu'min can have some other weaknesses. Maybe he's sometimes a miser, he can be, it's not a good thing, but he can't be a liar. When, even in the time of Jahiliya, when there was all kinds of evil and vice of the worst kind, but even in that time, they didn't have the courage to speak a lie. That was a very serious thing. That was something that was not tolerable. So they wouldn't take a chance speaking a lie. Such a terrible sin that comes in the Hadith Sharif that when a person lies, there's a stench that emanates from his mouth. Which in some don't perceive it, but the angels get the smell. The angels get this odor. It's a terrible stench. And in order to save themselves from this harm of the stench, they flee to the extent of one mile. This is how far the stench goes. Now when the malaika are all being chased away with the lie of a person, so that vacuum gets filled with the shayateen. There is all the time in the company of shayateen, because the malaika are being chased away. So a lie is a very very serious sin. So this is what Nabi Islam was shown about the punishment of a person who lies. Then at one place Nabi Islam came, there were two cauldrons, like big huge pots. In one there was some very good meat that was being cooked and another there was rotting flesh totally rotting flesh and there were some people who they are leaving aside this pot of good food good meat which is delicious whatever it is and what they are doing is they are consuming this rotting flesh now, this was a strange thing that what is good what is wholesome they are leaving that. And they are eating what is rotting. Later Nabi Islam was explained that these people who are eating this rotting flesh, these are the people in the Ummah who left their halal wives aside and they were eating the haram. They were indulging in adultery, in fornication, 
This is their punishment. And what was halal for them, Allah Ta'ala gave them that they were leaving aside. And what is haram, they were indulging in the haram. So this is something to become very, very conscious about. That whether in the workplace, whether in whatever situation, that the laws of hijab and parda which the Qur'an Sharif have given us, which Nabi Islam has taught to us, these are for our protection. These are to save us from falling into this filth. From destroying our deen and dunya. Destroying our akhirat and our life in dunya also. And this is in all its various levels. Whether it is zina of the eyes, in looking at all the filth and haram, because this too is zina. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Islam says, Zina al-Aini an The zina of the eye is to look at haram. And this is not just something, by the way, well, it totally destroys the spiritual condition of the heart. The eye looking at haram totally destroys it, engulfs the heart in darkness. And when the heart is engulfed in darkness, the heart is king. So now all the limbs of the body start getting inclined towards dark deeds. All kinds of haram. And when a person makes the mujahada to stay away from the haram, he crushes that nafs but does not look at the haram. Then that entire heart is filled with noor. And when that heart is filled with noor, then the entire body also is inclined towards a'mal of noor. Now he's inclined towards reciting Quran Sharif, he's inclined towards Salah, he's inclined towards Zikr, he's inclined towards Dua, he's inclined towards all the positive things. Because there's noor in the heart. Because light attracts light. And darkness attracts darkness. So, this is something that we need to take whatever steps necessary to protect ourselves, protect our families. And that mujahada that is inevitable. There is a degree of mujahada that will be, will have to be undertaken. And to protect ourselves from falling into all these things, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. This is the traps of shaitan. Like a fisherman goes with nets and over time they've been developing more and more sophisticated ways of catching fish. Now what we hear is that to catch fish now, people have got already some kind of equipment. They can already put something down in the water and start scanning the ocean and seeing where the fish are. So, and then remote control the lure. So that's the sophisticated fishing of the time. Shaitan's sophisticated fishing equipment is the phone. Previously, Shaitan had to grab a person with two hands and drag him far away somewhere, put him in his car and make him drive hundreds of kilometers somewhere to go and commit some haram. Now Shaitan makes him just press buttons. So as the sophisticated equipment of fishing in the ocean is developing all the time, Shaitan too is sophisticating what, what can go into that phone. That the more things can be put in the hand of this person, in one palm, as many things as possible must come. All the fitna must come in one palm. You don't even need two hands to hold the fitna anymore. Every bit of fitna will be, and more and more will be squeezed into this item, into this device, 
so that this person can in one moment be thrown from the top to the bottom. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So this was what Nabi Islam was shown on the day of Qiyamah, that these people were leaving what was halal and were eating what was haram. Then he came to one place, person is swimming in a river of blood, river of blood, and he's with difficulty swimming and trying to come to the bank. As he makes it to the bank of the river, person is standing there with huge boulders, and he takes one boulder and he throws it into the mouth of this person. As a result of which he ends up going back into the midst of this river of blood. Can you imagine a river of blood? And a person is swimming, something goes in his mouth, something in his ears, something in his nose. So all this is blood upon blood. And now again with difficulty he tries to make his way back. And the same process is repeated. So the Vislaus is asked, what is this? See, these are the people who consumed interest in the world. They indulged in interest. This is now that blood, that interest, this is the, the manner in which it is manifesting itself now in Akhirat. This is its reality. So, this is the punishment of that person. So, in any case, Nabi Islam was shown many other things, various other aspects, punishments of the Akhirat. And the purpose of showing all this was so that the Ummah will take Ibrat, the Ummah will take lesson. This is the thing that we need to kindle in our hearts, this concern of Akhirat. The Aslaf, the pious predecessors would hear about Akhirat. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, somebody just recited out of the blue the ayat of the Quran Sharif, وَإِذَا الصُّحُفُ نُشِرَتْ On that day, when the deeds, book of deeds will be opened out. Can you imagine a person's book of deeds will be opened out? He merely heard this ayat and it had such an impact on him, he collapsed. One Sahabi heard someone reciting, Inna ladayna ankalaw wa jahima wa ta'aman za ghussati wa azaban alima. That Allah Ta'ala is saying that we have these shackles for the day of Qiyamah in Jahannam. Inna ladayna ankalaw wa jahima and the fire of Jahannam itself. And that kind of food which will get stuck in the throat. Person won't be able to take it out, he won't be able to swallow it in. And it will be excruciating. And a dreadful punishment. This person, it hit him like such a bolt of lightning. He collapsed, he passed away. Now this is, Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz, from time to time would call the ulama of the time and he would say remind me about akhirat give me advice remind me about akhirat we are all the time in conversation about dunya all the time in conversation about how to multiply dunya but what is absolutely necessary and especially to the extent that dunya increases it is absolutely necessary to increase the conversation of akhirat Otherwise, then a person's whole heart and mind becomes consumed by dunya. And his every thought is dunya. His every aspiration is dunya. Anything and everything revolves around dunya then. So whether a person has anything of dunya or not, in terms of the hand, 
Many a times a person doesn't have anything in his hand, but the heart is still steeped in dunya. And sometimes a person has a lot in the hand, and the heart is far away from dunya. So the issue is the heart. That the heart must not be attached to dunya. If it's in the hand, it's come in a halal way, that's a ni'mat. But the heart must be for Allah Ta'ala. And for that, the conversation of akhirat is important. The conversation of akhirat is vital to keep the consciousness of akhirat that it could be just now, let alone tomorrow, let alone later. It could be now that I'll leave all this dunya and move ahead without anything. Everything will stay behind. So, in the time of the Aslaf, they used to sometimes just gather for no other reason but to discuss akhirat. For somebody to advise them about akhirat. About the qabr, the day of qiyamah, jannat, the reality of jahannam. So Nabi Islam was shown all these realities, he came and gave it to us, he told us about it, explained it to us, so that it makes us conscious that where we have to strive for, what we have to prepare for, and what we have to save ourselves from. We want to go to Jannat, what we have to do. And we want to stay safe from Jahannam, what we have to stay safe from. Then, Nabi Sallallahu was taken on this miraculous journey, when a person invites a very special guest, and a special guest is sent off, when the time after the visit is over, and he's returning, then he's sent off also by giving some very special gift. So when Nabi Sallallahu was taken on Mi'raj and the time came to return so Allah Ta'ala also gave him a special gift and that gift was for him and his Ummah it was the gift of Salah the command of Zakat of fasting, of Hajj of all the other Ahkam of Deen all these laws of Deen all these commands came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam while he was walking on earth but Salah Nabi Islam was called to the seven heavens and beyond. This is how special this was. Like sometimes a person is sent some gift by somebody. He appreciates that. But the king called him to the palace to give him the gift. Merely being called to the palace itself was the honor greater than the gift sometimes. Allah Ta'ala called Nabi Islam all the way. And blessed him with this gift. This is the mi'raj of a mu'min. It's not a hadith sharif. But this is the mi'raj of a mu'min. Five times a day to remember mi'raj. Five times a day to remember mi'raj. At the time of Fajr, of Zuhar, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. And then to perform it with jama'ah is wajib for men. Unless a person has a valid shari'i excuse and reason. Otherwise it's wajib to perform it with jama'ah. And when the masjid is not far off, then to perform it with jama'ah in the masjid. So, this is the gift that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi came back with. And Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy that the first initial gift was of 50 salah. Nabi Sallallahu came to the, came down to the heavens and Musa Sallallahu asked him, what did Allah Ta'ala give you? Allah Ta'ala gave me 50 salah. He says, look, I already have had my experience with Bani Israel. I think your ummah is going to be the same. They're not going to manage 50 salah. Ask Allah Ta'ala for some concession. Musa Salam did this great favor for this ummah. That even 5 salah, we know what our condition is. If we had 50 salah, so Allah Ta'ala made it 5 less. 
and then it continued in this way until it became eventually five. Allah Ta'ala finally said, look, there's five now, but a person performs his five will be rewarded with fifty. He'll perform five salah, he'll get the reward of fifty salah. But this is the mi'raj of the mu'min. And this is that ibadat which Nabi Wasallam gave the highest priority to. And in his last moments, as he's leaving the dunya, the thing that was of greatest concern is what he mentioned at that time. And he mentioned two things. That, As-salah wa ma malakat aymanukum. As-salah wa ma malakat aymanukum. Be careful about your salah, number one. Because if salah is in order, then the rest of deen will be in order. For since salah is in order, then provided he's performing his salah correctly, consciously, fulfilling all the etiquettes and adab, then it is not possible that that salah will not bring a positive effect in every other aspect of his life. Whether it is his business dealings, whether it is his akhlaq, whether it is his social life, whether it is how he interacts with his family, everything will be positively affected by his salah, provided his salah is a salah. Because if he is performing his salah correctly and guarding his gaze in salah, he will guard it outside. He's guarding his heart in salah, he'll guard it outside. He's fulfilling the sunnats and adab of salah, he'll fulfill the sunnats and adabs of other aspects of life. And he's performing his salah with the true consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Then he'll be conscious in his business also. He'll be conscious with his family as well. He'll be conscious with his neighbors. He'll be conscious anywhere and everywhere. So this is that gift. And Nabi Islam in the last moments of his life, as he's leaving dunya, he's saying, please be careful about your salah. And the other thing, And your slaves, your servants, be careful how you treat them. Don't think that it's... And in that time were slaves who a person owned. Nowadays nobody owns anyone. Despite owning that slave, Nabi Islam said, be careful. Otherwise you'll be questioned on the day of Qiyamah. So this gift of salah is what we have to take to heart and this is the message of Mi'raj. This is the lesson of Mi'raj. That tomorrow morning Fajr time, this will be the issue that how much we've learnt of Mi'raj. Are we now without any hesitation waking up and moving towards the masjid? Or is the message of Mi'raj lost? That plea of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his last moments of life, As-salah, are we taking that to heart? This is the lesson, this is the thing that we need to get, take deep down into our hearts that to what extent this lesson of Mi'raj is alive in us. Our Salah. And then to make the effort to perform this Salah correctly. To recite the Quran Sharif in Salah correctly. If the Quran Sharif is not recited in Salah correctly, then that Salah sometimes will, can even be nullified because of the incorrect recitation person is reading something but he's distorted the word in such a way that the meaning has changed completely. Sometimes it changes in such a way that the salah gets negated. The salah breaks. And to perform the salah in the sunnah manner, the postures are performed correctly with calmness. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says that when a person performs his salah haphazardly, performs his salah poorly, does not take care of his ruku, of his sajda, of the postures of after sajda, standing calmly, after the 
uh, ruku standing calmly, after the sajda sitting calmly, then that salah rises just above his head in an ugly form. And then it is wrapped like a dirty rag and thrown back at his face. And that salah then curses him and says, Dayyakallah kama dayyatani. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Salaam describes this that the Salah then curses him May Allah destroy you as you have destroyed me mm. If a person's Salah is cursing him what chance he's got? <clears throat> and if he performs the Salah correctly, properly then that Salah also prays for him So this is what we have to make an effort for to learn to number one perform our Salah regularly perform it on time perform it with Jama'ah and then make an effort to learn to perform the salah in the correct way with all the adab, with all the etiquettes and fulfilling that salah in the way that Nabi Islam has taught then we will see the benefit that the salah will bring to us in every aspect of life the barakat it will bring in our rizq the sukoon it will bring in our home and in every other thing of life the positive impact the salah will bring so this is the lesson of Mi'raj and these are the few aspects that we discussed which are meant to be a lesson for us. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we take all these lessons to heart. We stay on the path of Jannat. By doing that which Allah ta'ala has commanded us, by bringing salah alive in our lives, all the other commands of Allah ta'ala, and we steer totally away from the path of Jahannam. By staying away from all those things that lead to Jahannam. Especially the things that we have discussed, the azab of various aspects that Nabi Salaam saw, and what he explained to us, and every other thing that Allah has forbidden, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us all the tawfiq, wa akhiru da'awana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. We'll make a short zikr for a few minutes, and then dua inshallah. It's reported in the Hadith Sharif, that a person who recites, La ilaha illallah, a hundred times daily, Allah ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq and the ability to stay away from haram, from sin, from evils. And he'll get the tawfiq of doing righteous actions. This will become the means of his gaining this great honor of the day of Qiyamah. And saying la ilaha to bring to mind that everything in the heart which is against the commands of Allah Ta'ala, all the filth, all the dirt, all the evil, everything we've taken and thrown out. And illallah, this noor and this light is filling the heart which is the love of Allah Ta'ala. Recite Duru Sharifah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bima huwa ahlu 
جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اخفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah Ya Allah forgive us Ya Allah Ya Allah forgive all our major and minor sins Ya Allah Ilahul Alameen Ya Allah You forgive all the sins we've committed deliberately Ya Allah Forgive what we did mistakenly Ya Allah Ya Allah forgive the sins of the night Ya Allah Forgive the sins of the day Ya Allah Ya Allah forgive our families Ya Allah Forgive our friends and relatives Ya Allah Ya Allah forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ya Allah forgive the ummah Ya Allah Shower your maghfirat on the ummah Ya Allah Ya Allah remove the hardships of the ummah Ya Allah Remove the suffering of the ummah Ya Allah Ya Allah remove the oppression from the ummah ya allah remove the poverty of the ummah ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah bless us and the entire ummah with the tawfiq of those a'mal that bring down your rahmat ya allah ya allah save us from those a'mal that bring down the azab ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah you grant us iman kamil ya allah ya allah grant us the reality of iman ya allah grant us all the qualities of iman ya allah grant us taqwa ya allah fill our hearts with taqwa ya allah fill our hearts with tawakkul ya allah fill our hearts with generosity ya allah fill our hearts with compassion and kindness ya Allah fill our hearts with forgiveness ya Allah fill our hearts with humility ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah fill our hearts with all the beautiful qualities ya Allah grant us all the akhlaq hamida ya Allah Allah save us from all the akhlaq razila ya Allah Allah remove all the evil qualities from our hearts ya Allah purify our hearts from pride from jealousy from malice from arrogance ya Allah purify our hearts from showing off from ostentation ilahul alamin ya Allah ya Allah clean us out from all the evils ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah grant us all the good ya Allah Save us from all the evil, Ya Allah. Protect us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. You protect our families, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their illness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove with afiyat, Ya Allah. Those are in worries, anxieties, Ya Allah. Depression, Ya Allah, you give happiness to their hearts, Ya Allah. Remove all the difficulties with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. 
Allah. Alamin, all those who have passed away, fill their covers with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbatan nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah begged for. Ya Allah, we are also begging for all the good. Ya Allah, whatever Rasulullah sought refuge from, Ya Allah, grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who ask us to make dua for them. Ya Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua. Ya Allah, grant every, Ya Allah, pious aspiration, Ya Allah. Fulfill all their needs from the ghib, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Rabbana taqabbal minna, innaka anta samiul alim. Watub alayna, Ya Mawlana, innaka anta tawabur rahim. Allahum inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين الحمد لله